Hi, it's Gamera from the Consoles Band, and you're listening to the Sega Lounge. Welcome to the Sega Lounge, where we celebrate our love for all things Sega, including the games, the music, and the community. I'm your host, KC. Join me as I talk to different guests and learn more about their projects and passion for Sega. Welcome everyone, this is the Sega Lounge, and I'm glad you made it for another episode. I hope you've been doing well and staying safe. Grab a drink and have a seat. As you're listening to this episode, a few Sonic-related things have been announced by Sega. For one, Sonic Frontiers has sold over 3 million copies worldwide, which is frankly quite impressive. The game also got its first free DLC, Sight, Sounds and Speed, which is available now, bringing more content to the open zone game like Jukebox Mode, Photo Mode, Cyberspace Challenge Mode and Battle Rush Mode. Sega have also confirmed their worst-kept secret for 2023, Sonic Origins Plus, which brings a playable Knuckles to Sonic CD, 12 Game Gear games to add to the existing 16-bit classics in the original Origins, and, for the first time ever, officially at least, Amy as a playable character in all four 16-bit games. Origins Plus will be released on June 23rd, and will also be available as a digital add-on for owners of the original game for a lower price. So, what's your take on these Sonic news? Are you planning on getting Origins Plus and or returning to the Starfall Islands in Frontiers? I'm definitely checking out the Frontiers DLC this weekend. As for Origins Plus, apart from Amy, I'm not that excited for it, but I won't fool anyone by saying I'm not getting it. I'll definitely try to pick up a physical copy. Expect more Sonic talk on the Sega Lounge very soon. Okay, that's enough of Sonic for now. Let's talk about this week's guest. This week, my guest is Jonathan Gamera, member of Sydney-based ensemble The Consoles got their start making jazz arrangements of video game music, but have since expanded their works into other genres. Quick personal note, as you probably know, I'm currently hosting a chill music show on Radio Sega called Night Train. One of the inspirations for this idea were the consoles, whose music I have on my chill music playlists. So this week's episode is, first and foremost, for me, but I'm sure you'll find it entertaining and enlightening as well. And in case you weren't familiar with the consoles, I hope you leave the lounge a fan of this band and go check them out afterwards. Hey Gamera, welcome to the Sega Lounge. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to have you here. So you're obviously here to um, represent the Mighty Consoles band. The consoles band, should I? The consoles, right? So the consoles. Be- we we throw the band on there for social media because there was, I think, I think it was YouTube. We couldn't get just the consoles, but the consoles, comma band. But yeah, we're the consoles. I think that's a a very good starting point. How did you come up with the name? Well, 
the band sort of got together under a different, I guess, banner about almost coming up on nine years at this point, probably longer. Um, Zorzi, our keys player, used to um, upload stuff on his personal YouTube channel, and they did that all under the same banner of like Zorzi. And I was the last person to come into the picture. I met everyone a little bit later, and we wanted to sort of rebrand because there was very much like Zorzi's own solo stuff where he was doing, you know, pianos and sort of collabing with people as an individual. And then we needed something to call the band when we were operating as the band. And we went with the consoles because, you know what? Like it was just one of those things that I think we'd booked a convention before we'd actually come up with anything. And it was just <laughs> good out of necessity where it's like, all right, well, we've got a week and they need to print the the, the pamphlet for the, the convention. What are we going to go with? And so, all right, well, consoles is, that's gamer enough. Let's let's roll with that. That's pretty good. <laughs> I I, lo- I love it. I, I love the pun, to be honest. I, I love puns. So I think. You know, can, I, can I just say like one really great thing about having the pun is like, I will run on our on our like YouTube, on our Twitter and like social media thing. You put like a little search word thing for the consoles because you want to see like you know we're all egotistical. We want to know who's talking about us. And like <laughs> I would say, maybe forty percent of people under the like if you look up the consoles, it's people arguing about Xbox versus PlayStation, and they've just spelled it wrong. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> Okay, so maybe more opportunity to, to come up in conversations for people yeah. looking like for console wars or something. Like, oh, wait, what's that? Music? A band? It's amazing. Okay, okay. Uh, so before we had a name, as you already mentioned, you maybe probably booked a convention, you got together as, as a band. So how did that idea come to be? How did you guys like meet? Were you all mates before? The band? So most of the band, I think like Mark and Zorzi, Julian, they went to, I think it was the same high school. Uh, Tim, who was our sax player, still is our sax player. Um, they were kind of like the whole original members of the band, quote unquote, like Anthony, who played guitar, Tim, Julian, and Mark. Um, they were all kind of in the same high school circles. Um, they were playing together, I think mainly function stuff, but then because everyone was such good friends, like Julian would arrange stuff and um, get everyone over to his place and they'd sort of play music together. I came into the picture a little bit later. I met Julian through, um, at the time it was Smash. Like I wasn't really much of a, like I don't play Smash competitively. I came from like a fighting game kind of background, but um, we had some mutual friends who played Smash and I met him at one of those sessions or whatever. He brought me along for a corporate gig. It was like some, I don't know. It was pretty much everyone in the band that you'd know, plus Susie, who's been featured on our channel before with like the portal cover of Still Alive, a Skullgirls cover. So she's like, if you go back far enough, like Susie was also, I guess, tangentially related to the consoles, but pretty much everybody in the band that you would expect, except Mark, because there was only one drummer. So Dean was on that gig. Um, we, We all did this function gig together and we all got on really 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 well and yeah after that i think it was at a a street fighter tournament like julian just happened to be there we got lunch and he was like hey we've really needed a bass player for like a a good long time here like anthony kind of wants to go in more of a guitar slash gear direction 
he was doing medicine. Um, so his sort of involvement with the band was kind of changing. So he was like, look, you play bass. I'm like, well, theoretically, yes, that's true. Um, do, do you want to sit in? Like, you can come come do a show with us. And he's like, I'd really like to start a YouTube channel. I'm like, oh, that's, that's, that's cool. I'd love to start a YouTube channel. And then the project kind of took off from there. That's awesome. Excellent. So, by the way, you've mentioned uh, a lot of names. So, for people not uh, well-versed in the consoles verse maybe uh would you like to tell us who are the current members the current lineup of uh you know musicians in the consoles band sure if you i guess watch any of the videos you will see some combination of myself on bass mark on drums uh julian or better known as zorzi online he's on keys um and then the other jono is on guitar um, there's also Tim on sax, who is, he sort of stepped back. He's more of like a, I guess a contractor, you could say now, like whenever he's available, um, he comes and sits on the gig. We used to have Anthony who used to play guitar. And then if you go back even further than that, um, like the pre consoles era or whatever you want to call it, he used to play bass as well. Um, then there's, I guess the other drummer slash, oh yeah, just the other drummer who is, his name is Dean. He has moved to Japan, and I used to actually live in Japan with him. Um, and whenever we go to do like stuff in Asia, well, I guess at this point it's only really Japan, um, we sort of hit him up, and yeah, we all mm-hmm. play together. So Mark, Julian, Jono, and myself are, I guess, what you'd call the core consoles members. Tim and uh, Dean are sort of like there when we need them, slash they can play. And then there's like past members like Anthony, um, and then a whole bunch of like other names that we've collabed with over the years as well. But that's like the core lineup of the band. Excellent. That's great. And so why video game music? I think that's probably, you, you, you know, you, you want to start a band, you want to start doing gigs, um, arranging music. Why video game music? I mean, why not, right? But why yeah. did you guys go that direction? <laughs> Well, like, I guess the thing is, is that when we started, the goal was never, you know, we never, I guess, anticipated things ending up the way that they did. And of course, like, you'd very rarely, very rare that you'll see people who actually sort of have that goal and then they get it like 100% of what they thought it would be. But initially, it was just kind of like a, a fun thing. We were all kind of gigging together anyway, because at the time we were like early 20s gigs were like a really good way of making money we all had sort of side things and we still do but um yeah at the time it was a good way for us to like hang out um make a bit of money in the process and then oh we're rehearsing for a gig why don't we just throw this like final fantasy 6 arrangement together or skyrim arrangement together like julian already had a bit of gear from when he had started his own thing so it wasn't too much extra work for us to just like point the cameras on ourselves and it was really a way of like i guess furthering our musical skills like some of us had interest in mixing and mastering and recording some of us wanted to arrange of course we all wanted to play and initially it was just a good excuse to do that and then yeah as things sort of grew and grew um what we were able to do grew with it so it went from just being a thing we did for fun to like i guess now i get everyone's sort of side gig if, if you like and a way of like interacting with music and taking on the projects that we want to do on our own terms. Mm -hmm. 
Excellent. And you, you have evolved, your music has evolved a lot as well um, throughout the years. So was basically like jazz arrangements at the at the beginning, but then you branched out to other, other genres as well, right? I'd, I'd say that's pretty fair. Like the way, the best way to kind of track the growth of the console is we used to be a jazz video game band and now we're a quote unquote jazz video game band. And <laughs> I, I guess the only reason that sort of changed was, you know, not, it's been almost nine years. I think it'll be nine years this June. Um, so, you know, we've been together a long time. Your musical tastes evolve. Like we all, we all still listen to jazz in some capacity, but as the audience has grown, as we've changed and our musical tastes have evolved, like you can kind of look at, as the music of the consoles has progressed, it's, you can kind of look at some very clear through lines of what our own personal music tastes have changed. And when Jono came in the band, he brought his own flavor. Like the arrangements that he brings are going to be different to the arrangements that Julian brings, the arrangements that I bring. Um, back in the day, we used to all kind of do it together. So, yeah, I, I guess as we've sort of changed, the music has changed with it. And that's also not just us, but we've obviously brought the audience on in a much bigger capacity now with some of the stuff that we've done. So we're taking in, I guess, audience feedback in a way that we didn't when we were first starting off as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And probably video game music has evolved as well, right? So there's you, you, you have covered a lot of different video games, different genres of uh, video game music as well in, in, in your own style of, obviously, but is that also a representation of what video game music is now as compared to what it was nine years ago? your your evolution as as a band i'd say a big part of it i mean d definitely things have kind of changed and also the sort of arranging space people have sort of become a lot more accepting of it on the creator side um and a lot of that was spurred off by um live at grilby's which was um insane in the rain's undertale album which really really legitimized it i think that was sort of like a big turning point of how uh, composers dealt with like the cover scene and you know the cover scene sort of has its own s set of issues like as it's grown it's very hard i think and this is a pretty legitimate complaint if you're a composer to find your own music like if you write a popular piece of music and 15 people cover it like you go to spotify and it can be hard to sort of find the original right like that that's a big problem to deal with but to go back to the original question i would say it's a combination of like when we started off we were kind of picking things that we liked and that was basically the only driving factor. And that is still a, a big portion of the, the tunes that we pick. We, I guess we're either picking a combination of what we like or what the audience wants to hear, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's sort of a good way to run a successful YouTube channel. But yeah, like, yes, video game music has sort of changed in the last decade, but it's also come down to what we've been covering. Like we used to cover a lot of the childhood hits um, a yeah. lot of the, the tunes that really meant a lot to us that kind of got us into the space to begin with. But also now we do a lot of themed content um, and that, that sort of changed the way we've approached things. Like every month we put on a live show that is revolved around a central theme and that is going to affect like if, say, we did like video game villains last month, then that's going to affect the sort of tunes that we pick. Whereas before it was kind of like, what's coming out or what do we want to play? And that was sort of it. So as we've sort of played the YouTube game a little bit more, 
Um, we've been a bit selective about the way we've picked, but I, I'd say it's fair to say that over the last nine years, um, video game music has sort of moved a little bit more into the mainstream. Like if you say to people that, yeah, I, I like listening to video game music, they don't give you the same eyebrows that they once did. So definitely, yeah. I'd say that's a part of it as well. Yeah. You mentioned um, the um, there was a little bit of a certain difficulty for people to accept covers of video game music. Were you just referring to the original composers or the community itself as well? Did you feel like they resisted a little bit to a different take on music they liked? I'd say like column A, column B. Definitely, okay. I guess, covers have always existed. I remember like as a kid, like this is a very long time ago now, but like covers have always existed. Um, and actually they've always been kind of arrangement albums. Like I know Capcom was very big on them back in the day. Um, there was a lot of stuff even in the Street Fighter 2 era, which has gone back, you know, early 90s, which is a long time ago now. But I, I guess like that sort of cover space as YouTube has grown and people are basically using that and social media as like some people use it as their primary source of entertainment, right? Whether you're mm -hmm. streaming music, you're watching shows, people use these platforms for basically everything now in a way that they didn't nine years ago, right? So it's a combination, I guess, from the audience perspective, it's a combination of like, yes, it's becoming more mainstream, but also the way people have interacted with the platforms has changed a lot. And then on the copyright holder side, um, they're sort of they're starting to sort of see the value in that space. You know, I, I mentioned the Undertale example because it's such a good one of like, um, you know, Carlos did that album. He put he put it together, and then it became the official arrangement album. Um, mm -hmm. The Final Fantasies they have the the piano arrangements, and people from the community like I think Kyle Landry might have done the Final Fantasy twelve one, and he started as a fan, so. There has definitely been a push towards like recognizing fan content, and that does not from video games. It's just exclusively um, you're seeing that in like I don't know whether it's you know custom content or whatever else. I mean like stages and whatever that that sort of stuff is being more accepted from the developer side. Um, and to be perfectly honest, a lot of that is like Japan catching up with what a lot of the West is doing. Like, I moved to Japan in 2017 and Spotify was, bar it was a barren wasteland over there. And then now, you know, like they've sort of caught up with that. And mm -hmm. there are a lot of those companies can tend to be stuck in their ways. And that being stuck means you don't quite see the value in these things as quickly as some other places might. So it starts to, to distinguish what's, what's actually bringing value to your brand as a developer or as a video game company, right? Because you're, right. you're covering... It. Uh, the soundtrack from a game the company made or put out. If you're like doing mods for a game, etc., it can be seen as like appropriating our content, trying to make money out of our content. For for example, but it, it can also be seen as promoting free promotion. Right? We don't do anything. The the community, the creative side of the community, is doing stuff that it's actually bringing more attention to our products. It's kind of hard to balance that, I think, still for some companies, especially Japanese companies, as you as you mentioned, right? Yeah. It, it's the same way that, like, you know, if you look at people who Let's Play or whatever, you know, you, you, could, you could, as a rights holder, you could go, that's our content, we're monetizing it. Or yeah. you could look at it and go, people are really enjoying this content 
and through enjoying that content, they a larger number of people might engage with our property than if we just say, no, you can't do it. And I guess Let's Plays are a little bit different because it, it is just kind of, it's a different kind of performative, whereas music, I guess, is a little bit more transformative. I mean, Let's Plays are too, but they are a bit more ex- explicitly transformative. So there's that element that I talked about before and the fact that like people are enjoying the you know your property in a, in a different way. So I think that's a part of it as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay, nice. So before we, we get uh, on with something a little bit more, maybe technical, I, I don't know, but uh, for you specifically, because you're the only one here, so let's talk about you. As a gamer, as a musician, uh, what would you say is your like your background? For example, as a gamer, you mentioned the fighting game scene. That's right. Earlier, is that like where you consider yourself that's that's your core gaming experience so and i will tie this back to sega don't you worry but um <laughs> I, I i grew up i grew up a nintendo kid like i was that's how i grew up but um yeah as i sort of like finished high school i became interested this was in the early days of youtube like 20 i guess i was first on youtube in like 07 08 and i i like to consider myself the quote-unquote gaming guy in the group so One day someone basically told me that there was a third Street Fighter and I go, but I'm the gaming guy and I've never heard of it. How do I, how did I not know there was a third Street Fighter game, which I fell down the rabbit hole of MAME and then eventually found the competitive fighting game scene because a lot of the the prolific arcades were uploading as early as like 2008, 2009, which led me, I guess, into the competitive fighting game scene, which I still have kind of ties to today. And... Yeah, from there, I, I like you, you meet all sorts of people. And in the early days, like there wasn't really that much to play in the same way that like there's pretty much every major IP has an active game that you can boot up and play with other people right now. But in the early days, you would sort of play everything that didn't come, everything that came out if you weren't playing like Street Fighter or Tekken. And it's through that that I first discovered like Virtual Fighter. Virtual Fighter 5 specifically was... It came out in like 2012, 2013. Mm-hmm. And the person who got into it, who got me into it, was a Sega kid. And we would we would hang out and play fighting games a lot, but we would also hang out and like live each other's childhoods. So I I tend to go basically towards like Nintendo first party and Indies is sort of like my beat. And he is like I guess Sega, well, first party, whatever, whatever that means these days. But he grew up a Sega kid, and you know, we sort of had some overlap in between. So through that, I sort of went back and learnt a lot of like the big Sega stuff. I was always really big on retro. I still am. Um, I've spent way too much on retro stuff because that's sort of where my gaming time lies these days, outside of first party Nintendo. Um, so yeah, that's sort of my background is like a combination of Nintendo fighting games. And old games. Okay. Okay. Nice. Nothing wrong with that. On the contrary. Nice. Uh, what about uh, musically? What's your background as a musician? So you obviously, you're the bass player. That's right. Um, right. Double bass? I, yeah. I'm primarily a double bass player, but I will I'll okay. do whatever. Okay. Whatever's needed these days. But yeah. <laughs> and so how, how did you... Did you start as a musician? Did you actually study music? Uh, you mentioned other gigs, other side jobs and stuff. Are you 
apart from your work with the console as a musician, is that something you do for other projects as well? Yeah. So my musical background is that I'm the only one in the band who actually studied music at a like I guess performing, I should say, at a tertiary level. Everyone obviously has a really strong background in it. Oh, that's a lie. No, sorry, John, I did too. But that was that was until he joined. I was the only one. Um, mm-hmm. Most of us, yeah, like I said, for console for us, consoles is like the passion project. No, none of us are like doing this full time. Um, like I work as a teacher and a translator. Julian does a lot of teaching and he gigs outside of the band. You know, we, we all have sort of another thing that we are doing, but yeah, musically, you know, we all have our background in like jazz and hip hop for some of us, I guess more like contemporary poppy rock sort of stuff. But the, the original overlap was like jazz and jazz fusion for some of us is like the, I guess if you look at the Venn diagram, that's sort of where we all kind of overlap. And then, the cool thing about, I guess, the way we arrange is that we each bring something a little bit different. Like, I'm pretty traditional. I really like a lot of traditional jazz. Jono and Julian like a lot more fusiony sort of stuff, a lot more contemporary stuff. And that sort of, I guess, it's not like a clash, but our, our differences push each other. Like, when I come and I say, hey, I want to play this, I don't know, swing tune at 300, Jono's like, I've never soloed at 300 before. It's like, great. And then he might come with some fusion tune in 13 and a half, four or something. And it's like, well, I, I literally don't know what scales to play over this. He's like, cool, well, you've got some homework to do. And that that's, re- that's really cool that because we all sort of like push each other and yeah. grow together. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Very great. So you guys sort of learn from each other as well and learn together, not just from each other, but together as well. Like you push yourself to, to to research and do like some homework before you can do uh, we can work on a an arrangement right yeah right like if someone if you know someone brings an arrangement to a band and is like hey i need us to play it this way you can't exactly go well i don't i don't know how to play those i mean you can but we don't go i don't know how to play those it's you just oh, well, i got homework <laughs> to do you know and yeah. that that's like you can say that about any band, but in the context of us specifically, that's sort of one of the best things about it is like we are always pushing each other. That's nice. That's nice. And so that brings us to to my next question, which was um, take us through in, in a simple like layman's term uh, or terms the process of your uh, of creating arrangements so you already touched on that a little bit um it's not just a one man job like you all pitch in and bring your own ideas to the table but how do you come up so how's the, the like the entire process how do you pick a specific song to cover how do you go about uh, creating the arrangement what do you think about what's that like sure um, I think first I should really contextualize this in the way that our content is structured these days because a lot of it comes down to the fact that we have this bi-monthly show, we call it Consoles Radio, where we pick a theme and then we the audi- a combination of the audience and the band will submit tunes centered around that theme. So, for example, our next gig we have coming up in March is um, we're, we're playing it at a, a cafe. So the theme is what video game tunes would you want to hear at a cafe? Like the, the, the video game cafe, what okay. tunes do you want to hear there? 
Mm-hmm. So people on Patreon will um, submit it. They'll vote on it. Um, we'll pick some tunes of our own. Like it's usually a two-set show. So we'll pick some old tunes. Um, and of course, we'll pick some tunes that the audience want. And then we will answer the questions ourselves too. So like what tunes would us as individuals want to hear at a video game jazz cafe? Um, so we'll look at the tunes. We'll kind of look at what existing tunes we've got. Um, typically what will happen these days is because we're all kind of doing our own things during the day is that we'll kind of sketch it ourselves. Like we'll obviously like touch base with each other and go, Hey, I want this tune. Okay. You take this tune. Okay. I might do this tune, whatever. How are you going to arrange it? And we'll make sure that we don't have like 16 tunes that are, you know, 400 BPM, like blasted beat swing tunes or whatever. But yeah, we'll just make sure that we're not stepping on each other's toes. We'll go away. We'll kind of like sketch it out in a door, like using digital instruments. Um, bring it to the rehearsal as kind of like a show and tell kind of thing. And then that's when the other members of the band will like pitch in and, hey, this doesn't work. You actually don't know how to write for drums, you idiot. Like this is, <laughs> I don't have four arms. We need to change it. Or, hey, what about this? And then that's when the rehearsal process comes and we collaboratively take a concept and hey, sometimes we might throw that concept out entirely, but usually we will come together with a concept that someone has brought and then bring it to life during the rehearsals. Nice, nice. And so you mentioned some of the songs that you guys pick are suggested by you guys, others by the audience, right? By your patrons. Um, was there any time, like, for example, for you specifically, have you ever thought to like we, we need to cover this song this this is something i i'm passionate about we need to do this and one that maybe the other guys were not that into but you, you fought for it and it got oh, yeah. through it in the end so yeah i should say that like the console's radio format is like so we're obviously patron funded we're fan funded and that that we figured that this model is the best way to get people involved and obviously you get other perks as well but the big thing is like you get to come with us for some portion of our i guess arranging composing journey right like it's a way you as an audience member can be a part of that but you know we had a recording session yesterday and they were all tunes that we were either passionate about or from a new game that came out and you know not all of us have played every game. So like if I if I was to pull up our bot now, which is like where we kind of keep all the tunes, like I don't play like we, we 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 did Octopath. I haven't done Octopath. I'm the only one in the band who's played Virtual Fighter, and we've done Virtual Fighter music. Like it's as long as someone in the band is passionate about it, um, the energy that comes through the arrangements will usually carry everybody else to be like, yeah, you know what, I'm down for this. Yeah, this works. Let's do it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, excellent. So, in uh, uh, since you mentioned the the gigs, the live gigs, um, what's it like? What's the difference between like you know jamming with your buddies? Like, I don't know if you have like a very nice big studio or like you have like a small space actually, but. Um, What's the difference between jamming with your buddies in private, like re rehearsing and stuff and playing live shows and getting the energy from the audience? Well, I guess in our case, so in, in terms of live gigs in general, um, yeah, having the audience energy 
I, I think after a certain point, pretty much everyone feeds off it in some capacity. Like I think a lot of beginners and intermediate players will see the audience as like a nerve, something that brings them nerves. But most professionals, if you're going to be there at a, cer- a certain point, you've got to you've got to feed off the audience to some degree if you're going to be a live performing musician. Um, and for us, it's no exception. Obviously, we're fortunate to have a bit of a following, so people are stoked to see us. Like, we don't have to prove ourselves. Like, if you're coming to a console show, um, like, sure, you might have been brought along by your boyfriend or your partner or whoever, but you have a good idea of what you're walking into. Yeah. And for us, that means that we can just do our thing and we don't have to really prove it. I mean, we do have to prove ourselves, but it's not like, oh, I don't know if they're going to like video game jazz. It's like, did we perform well or not? Were the arrangements good or not? We don't have to prove the concept, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a really lucky, we're very fortunate to be in that situation. And it's something we try not to take for granted. But compounding to that is the fact that all of these shows are live streamed. And that brings a whole other dimension to the show that I think a lot of other musicians probably aren't. If you haven't done it, like it's a very different dynamic because... On your music stand, I don't do this. I don't know how the other guys do this, but on your music stand, you might have an iPad with your music up. And then next to your iPad, you might have your phone that has Twitch chat just going at a million miles an hour while you're in the middle of a performance, which I don't do. I can't do it. It's That's too much for me to take in. But <laughs> I know the other guys love seeing that because like, you know, we, we exist in these spaces. We watch YouTube. We go on Twitch. We, we like being in that streamer environment. And I guess the added benefit is like you're watching people react to you play in real time, which is kind of <laughs> wild to be to be honest with you. It's kind of wild. It's it's kind of different than just looking at the audience and trying to figure out. I mean, if they're like jamming to the song, like they're dancing or something, you know they're probably enjoying themselves. But like seeing actual words like "this is awesome" or or this sucks. I don't know. Or like, hey, stream's dead. It's like, oh, but I'm <laughs> playing. Can you not? Oh, audio's dead. I can't hear this. Oh, it's broken. Oh, stream's down. It's just, yeah, that's, yeah it's great. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> okay. I hadn't considered that. That, that you, there, There's the possibility of having like a, a device in front of you and just monitoring chat. Uh, and yeah, that's that's. That could be nerve-wracking, right? We we pay people to do that now. We don't. We used to do it all ourselves for the first year of radio because this was like a COVID, I guess, um, innovation. We used to just do it all ourselves. Where okay, we'd set the live stream up and then like throw our hands up and go, "Well, I hope this doesn't break." And then it always would. So now we 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 have a lovely team of staff. Our patrons have allowed us to employ a lovely team of broadcast staff for these events. So okay. that if something breaks, we just point at the, the live streaming team and go, "You got to fix it. We, we got we got jazz to play." You just monitor the conversation, but don't handle all the other boring stuff. So you can just watch what people are saying, like read comments, right? Like you, you know, you heckle with the audience, or the heckle. You interact with the audience a little <laughs> bit at these gigs, and it's important to interact. Like we're in Sydney, Australia. Like for most mm-hmm. people, that's a dozen hours plus to get. So uh, a show. So it's a good way to interact with the people who can't physically be there. And you want to kind of give them a similar experience to the people who come and watch you live. Yeah. 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 So my next question is, when are you coming to Portugal? 
That's the second someone gets us there. That's the real answer. <laughs> okay, I'd love to. I'd love for someone to make that happen. So, so would I. I would love to. I'll, come I'll be there, first row. <laughs> Hell yeah, that just sounds great. Awesome, and it's sunny, so no worries about bad weather or anything like that. So yeah, yeah. you should definitely come. Okay, so. Um, Moving on to, to projects that you're working on right now. So what can you tell us a little bit about? Obviously, we'll talk a little bit about your Patreon and how people can find you. But um, anything interesting you'd like to, to talk about on uh, you know, projects that people can actually now get involved with and interact with? Sure. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, well, the, the interaction thing is, it sort of goes hand in hand with the Patreon just because yep. that's the way that everything <laughs> kind of is structured. But basically the way the business business, the band operates on the business side of things is that we alternate between months where we do those radio live shows and then months where we do what's called the request show, which as you can probably imagine is a way for you to request new tunes. I mean, Sorry, existing tunes. So one month you're requesting tunes that aren't in our library that you want us to kind of arrange, which is radio. And then the other month is, oh, I haven't heard them play this tune in a while. I'd love for them to you know, play it live for us. And that isn't um, exclusively Patreon funded. The way that works is it's we, we used to do it on Twitch. We're going to try it on YouTube on, I think, March 4th is the date. I'll double check that. But yeah, you, you, you show up live. We play two sets. Um, the first set is just for patrons and you, you basically go to our library. You say, man, I would love it if you played in the bar from Streets of Rage 2. And all the patron requests go into a queue. Everybody watching live has a chance to vote on those tunes and we will just play whatever tunes get voted to the top. And we take a bit of a break. We come back for a second set. And when that second set starts, the floodgates open. Everybody in the chat is eligible to request a single tune from our existing library. And then you can vote on as many tunes as you like. Uh, we'll play until the show's over, which is usually about three hours at this point. And then we all go on and have a happy time. So it's almost like pay to win in the sense that if you're a patron, you have a better shot of your tune getting voted higher in the first set. Yeah. But if you're just a viewer and you stick around long enough, you know, you're, and you pick a really good tune that everyone's like, oh, yeah, I'd love to hear, I don't know, reuse theme from street fighter 2 everyone votes on it and then we play it okay makes sense so that that's the request show and then consoles radio is basically a themed live show we uh -huh. live stream it as well um people can come see it live like i said the next one's on march 25th and people can come see that one live um and yeah we play new tunes we play old tunes but that's all centered around a theme that we pick and yeah go from there excellent Makes sense. Okay, anything that's that you're working on that you haven't really shared too much about, but, but get, that people can look forward to uh, anything new, any new ideas in the pipeline. We are. Well, this isn't completely new, but I don't think I've said it in a while. But one thing that we are working towards is we are going to start incorporating original compositions into into what we do um, because as our aspirations have grown, we want to be like, we, we have a studio space that we work out of. We've, we've worked for game companies before we've worked with Atlas before we've worked with Bandai Namco before 
Um, but we want to move into the arranging slash composing space a little bit more aggressively. So as part of our radio show, we are going to start implementing some original rec- um, compositions as well so that, you know, here's our take on somebody else's music, but also here's our take on our own music. Excellent. Excellent. So quick side note, I was going to mention this later, but you mentioned working with Atlas, obviously for the the release of Persona 5 Royal. So how was that experience and how did it come about? They were great. Um, the, the distributor for, I guess, Australia was in contact with um, Atlas and they were like, yo, we, we, we need to get some eyeballs on this release. Um they looked at our bot the same way that anybody else can, where it's like, what what tunes do these people know how to play? And I was like, oh, that's a lot of Persona. I was like, yeah, we 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 kind of <laughs> like Persona around here. It's a it's a good video game, as it turns out. Um, and they go, oh, well, can you play it? I'm like, well, yeah, we absolutely can do that. And they said, great. Um, here's some copies of some video games that you can give away, uh, and just talk about it. And they were otherwise, they just said. We, we know what we signed up for. We know what you boys are good for. So just do the thing that you're good at and, you know, promote the game. And we were really lucky because obviously our audience like loves Persona 2. That's why it gets requested so much. Yeah. And yeah, like we just did the show. Everyone loved that we played Persona music for three hours. A couple of people won some prizes. And mm-hmm. as far as, you know, the sponsors confirmed, concerned, they got a ton of eyeballs on their product, which is, you know, win, win, win. Audience wins, we win, and then the sponsors win, which is as good as you can ask for with that kind of content. Yeah, it was great. I actually really enjoyed it. I found out about it, I think, from a tweet from Sake of Japan. Am I right? Might have been I've, Europe. Or maybe or maybe Atlas Japan. Europe? Oh, really? sorry, Atlas West. It was would have been Atlas, Atlas West. West. Was it Atlas West? Because I, I, I thought of at the time that why isn't like the 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 Western part of Sega and Atlas like promoting this more? But maybe I'm wrong. I, I you th- might be right. We're not very good at social know. media around these parts. But yeah, you're right. Someone, in fact, they were really good. They not only tweeted it out before, but afterwards they were like, "Hey." Here's three hours of Persona music. Go watch it. These these boys, they, they do all right, which I thought was really kind of classy. Yeah, on end. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I think the 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 tweet that went out when it when you guys went live or like an hour before or something went or uh, came from a, a Japanese account. You might be right. Like, you I might be like, right. Oh wait, I know these guys. They're doing something like official. That's awesome. So. Yeah, but really nice. And people can actually watch it on YouTube right now, right? So that's Yeah, that, that set's still up. There was this phenomenal player it. called Jimmy who sat in. Highly recommended if you'd like Persona music, if I do say so myself. Yeah, you, you should say that, yes. It's I, I agree. You're right. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> So I have a question for you, not really a question, but something that we usually do around the, the Sega Lounge, Gamera, which is something I like to call the Sega Lounge Challenge. Okay. Now that you know our guests, it's time to put them to the test. 
It's the moment we've waited for, and the moment they dread. Welcome to your doom. I mean, welcome to the Sega Lounge Challenge. <laughs> So this week I thought, why uh, shouldn't we just like see if you know the songs you guys have covered and your actual covers uh, as well as, as you think you do? Oh, good. This is going to go swimmingly, I'm sure. I'm nervous It's getting worse, right? I haven't actually given you the, the twists uh, on this situation. So how about we play uh, little bits of songs the the original songs and some of your arrangements but in reverse do you think you could recognize at least the game they're from <laughs> okay so you're saying that like if we've covered it you're playing the original and if we haven't covered it oh no i see what you're saying no no, no, no. so these are all songs the actual songs that i have here okay. uh so i have five uh original versions of the songs so like from uh, the actual game uh, and five uh, covers by the consoles. Okay? Got it. I won't tell you which are which. You have to figure them out. Uh, and I will give you a choice for each of them. Okay, You can actually uh, hear a um, clip of that song, not in reverse, so the, the proper way, and try to identify it. And if you do identify it, you get one point. But you can go hard mode and do the song in reverse for two points. The song in reverse. A little bit of the song, like a 15-second long clip of the song, reversed. Yeah, I'm down love for that. It. I'm down. <laughs> Honestly, that sounds like, a, especially if you play with us, that's going to be a train wreck. I'm down for that. <laughs> okay, so uh, they're numbered 1 to 10. Would you like to go through them in order or would you like to like pick a number and go from there? Let's go in order. And then if, if it goes disastrously, I might switch back to hearing it normally. But for now, let's okay. go in reverse. So each, each time, for each one, I'll ask you if it's in reverse or normal. So. Great. Okay. Okay. So number one, in reverse. Let's yes, try please. this. Yes. Okay. Lock it in with the stars and us, Persona 5. What made you reach that conclusion, my friend? Uh, Lynn. Lynn is very distinct, and it was the rhythm in her voice where, where it was like the da-da, da-da, da-da. Like, I know what that is straight away. Lynn is too distinct. She's too good at what she does. Could be. You know... She sings more songs from Persona 5. I'm not saying it's per Persona 5, but... Oh, I've got the wrong song, haven't I? Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just mentioning a random fact. No, I thought I'm right. I'm going to lock it in. I think I'm right. <laughs> uh, okay. So that's what you think here. Uh, so uh, original title... Oshito Bokura I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Oshito Bokura or in English, with the stars and okay. us. But yes, exactly. that's the original Japanese title. That's your that's your guess, that's and it's correct. Guess. Obviously, two points. Excellent. Well done. I usually try this when I, I, I try to make people doubt themselves. So don't worry. Look, it works. Right, just just 
go for it. Just trust your gut. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that's great. Two points already. Awesome. Can we go for at least 10? I think you get you can get a perfect score, but let's see if at least 10. Number two, normal or in reverse? Look, reverse went well. What's the worst that could happen? Let's keep the reverse train going. Excellent. Number two. That is dance from Persona 4, Dancing All Night. Are you sure? Yes. I'm, I'm positive that that is that. Final answer. Final answer. I'll bet my existing two points on it if I could. Unfortunately, no, I'm kidding. Yes, it is. It is dance from Persona 4, Dancing All Night. Two points. done and that was quick like you were like halfway through you you we were like yeah i know what that is yeah awesome. you know what part of transcribing these songs means you listen to them more than any human being should listen to some of these songs <laughs> so i'm really familiar with a lot of persona stuff this is easier than i thought but now let's see what happens with number three so again reversed yeah yes please absolutely yes okay let's see here's the challenge I have to say I I haven't heard the the the, the reversed versions before I play them now. I don't think this is very different from the original. Tweet. No, this is not. Well, it is not very different to the original. Very easy to identify. <laughs> of Chemical Plant Zone. Is it? Is it Sonic 2? I think it's Sonic 2, right? It is Sonic 2. <laughs> it is Chemical Plant Zone. Good job. Two points. Thanks, Tim. You made that so easy. I failed to mention, but it, it, it should be fairly obvious. We're going with only Sega stuff or Sega slash Atlas stuff. Yeah, I, so. I had a feeling I had a yeah, feeling we might sense. be headed in that direction. Yeah, yeah. So good job. Good job. So this was one of your own arrangements, by the way. The first two were originals. These this one was uh, a consoles cover. Okay, number four. I, I guess we're just sticking with reversed songs, right? Yeah, I'm as far as You're I'm concerned. Maybe. Until I get one wrong, I'm not doubting myself at this point. <laughs> Number four. Let's take a listen. Mm-hmm. 
kind of like this. So I'm going to go with when Mother was there from Persona Five, and it's our cover. Hmm. Why? Because the the keys line is pretty distinct, and I feel like I heard myself, and I recognize what I was doing, even if it was in reverse. I don't know, but I'm, I reckon that's as good as, as this is going to get. Two points. Well done. Very good. And that's eight points. All right, I'm doing all four right. Four for four. That's amazing. Well done. So obviously, when Mother was there from Persona 5, this is an amazing arrangement. I, I did enjoy, for this one especially, I did enjoy the reversed version as well, I have to say. Not sure why. Really nice. Okay, number five. Let's do this in reverse. Getting harder now. Okay, I'm going to lock in. So this is us. I'm going to go with uh, Lava Reef Zone from Sonic and Knuckles. I'm not confident on this one, and this is the first time I've not been confident. <laughs> I, 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 I'm noticing that. I was going to say, are you really sure about that? Because you're like, uh. yeah, but you did say I, I will lock it in. So there's not much to say. Not much else to say, I, I think. Yeah. What gave it away? I think it's a Latin groove in reverse, which is what is what's what's Latin in reverse? Like it's it's a tin owl <laughs> groove. So I I was like, that's probably it, but it might not be. I don't know. Okay. So let let's listen to the actual proper clip, not in reverse, and let's see what, what it is. Well done. Two points. That's it. Good job. <laughs> okay, Gamera, halfway there, halfway through, five for five, ten points already. I think we need to aim for the perfect oh, score. Oh, good. No here. pressure, but perfect score. No pressure. Um, I don't know. I don't know about the next one. Could eventually be the hardest one here or not. Maybe it's just me. Let's see. Number six. I'm ready. Ready? That sounds really cool in reverse. <laughs> That's really cool in reverse. Indeed. 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 It's an exhibition from Streets of Rage 4. Could be, but is it? Is it? I, I reckon it is. To my ear, it is. <laughs> Who am I to say otherwise? Two points. Well done. Let's take a listen to the 
the proper version of this. This is an underrated tune from Streets of Rage 4, I have to say, I think. I'd say so. That uh, soundtrack is incredible. Yeah, it, it you, really does a really good job of encapsulating is. the spirit of the originals, despite the fact that, you know, I think, is it Oliver? Oh, I'm going to butcher his last name here. Derivier? Uh, yeah, Derivier. I think he wrote that tune, and what a phenomenal job mm-hmm. that was. Yeah, yeah. We usually focus on uh, even as like um, I'm, I'm talking from a, like a Radio Sega perspective. Usually tracks that I play on my shows and stuff. Some of them are very good and we actually don't give them enough airtime, I think. And this is one that I, I as I was preparing for this, <laughs> I thought I should play this more often on the radio. People need to hear this again. Yeah. So good, good job. Two points. Well done. Uh, really like your arrangement as well of this, but this was the original one. Let's listen to clip number right, seven, shall we? That is Friday Night from Yakuza 0, and I'm going to give myself props to that one because I gave myself the hint. I heard what I was doing. I'm like, I know. I know what I'm doing. Even when it's backwards, I know what my <laughs> stupid brain's thinking. Uh, so you're saying it's Friday it's Night. our cover of Friday Night from Yakuza 0. Okay. It's not Friday Night. Oh. Actually, it's Sunday for me. It's Sunday <laughs> for you as well. Well done. <laughs> It is, it is Friday night from Yakuza Zero, your cover. Indeed, let's take a listen to how it should actually sound. Ooh, things are getting interesting now. We have 14 points already. Three songs to go. I think the next one's pretty easy. Shall we take a listen to clip number eight? All right, let's do it. This is Cursed. <laughs> or blessed I'm going to go with blessed because I love that uh, it's Can You Feel the Sunshine from Sonic R is it though are you sure I mean maybe that's like hellfire maybe you're feeling the hellfire and that when you play it backwards but I'm going to go with I'm going to go with feeling the sunshine even if it is demonic and backwards <laughs> You were doing so well. Oh, it is. Two points, two points. Good job. Yes, that's it. Let's take a listen to the proper thing, not demonic. (laughs) Uh, 
So yeah, good job. I have to say, I usually do 10 second long clips. I did 15 for you. This might have been a mistake. Next time we'll do five second long clips to make it a little bit more challenging. <laughs> I, I could listen. Can you give me like 50 minutes of that song? I could listen to it all day. It's, it's so yes, good. It, it makes me so happy, that song. Yes, that's true. Agreed. Number nine. Ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. If you'd only given me five, I wouldn't have got that one. But it's Dreamer from Streets of Rage 2. I think it's 2, right? It's definitely Dreamer from A Streets. I'm going to go with, yeah, Streets of Rage 2. Dreamer. So your answer is Dreamer from Streets of Rage 2. And your answer is absolutely correct. That was hard, yeah. I'd say that was hard. Um, Interesting. Like I, I think probably one of the reasons why I've been able to get all these tunes is because the reason why we cover them is that they're distinct in some way, right? Like we don't pick average songs; we pick the like songs that speak to us. Mm-hmm. And usually, it's because they've got something that's like a hook or something that really sticks out to us. And apparently, even in reverse, you can sometimes hear it. Yeah, maybe. If I went with the beginning of the song, it would have been easier, perhaps. I'd say so, because it's, it's just an arpeggio going up and down. Yeah. So if you go backwards, it's still going to be going up and down. Yeah. So you're right. It probably would have been a little Correct. bit easier. Okay. So are you getting a perfect score, Gamera? That's the question on everyone's minds right now, all across the world. So number 10, in reverse, sounds a little bit like this. I have no idea if this is hard or easy. Have that this one is hard. I, I, I'm. This is probably the one I'm least confident in. I think I know what it is, but I'm not. I think it is our cover of Heaven from Persona Four, and I'm, that's what I'm locking. But I'm not. It, it's not as distinct as the other ones. Maybe <laughs> if just if good arrangements have like things that are distinct about it, maybe we're average. Who knows what that means? But I'm gonna lock in Persona Four <laughs> Heaven. Well, Persona 4 Golden, I guess, but yeah, that's my answer. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Are you sure? 100%. Well, no, I'm not, but it's probably the best I'm going to get, so I'm locking it in. So your answer for the last one, for the perfect score, or maybe not, is Persona 4 Golden heaven as performed by the consoles comma band yes (laughs) so i'm not going to tell you if it's right or wrong i'm going to play the proper version of this clip and let you decide 
So, thought my ears work. <laughs> yeah, you you were close, but this is snowflakes. Oh, it's snowflakes! I'm an idiot. Snowflakes. I knew it too. <laughs> oh, from good enough. Persona Four Golden. I'm gonna give you the points because it's Persona Four Golden, though. Okay, so I'm going to be nice here. I'm not usually nice, but you were a great guest. So I'm going to give you the, the 20 points because you were close enough. Oh, what a rookie error. It is Snowflake. I knew, I knew it. I just had the wrong name. It's not heaven. Oh, well. But okay. But okay. I, I know that you knew what it was. So, so there we rookie. Go. I'm a rookie. Take oh. back everything good I just said about myself. I'm a rookie. <laughs> good job, though. This was not an easy game, I think, but you actually knocked it out of the park. So. Good job, Gamera. Well done. And that means you get the official Sega Lounge seal of approval, which is the real thing that I will send to you after we're done here. So good job. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. I'm glad. Thank you very much for being a good sport and playing our little game. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> okay. So before we go, um, I have two last questions before I let you go. I know it's you have stuff to do. It's a busy Sunday for you. Thank you for taking the time to to talk to me. Uh, this is a question I ask of all my guests. Uh, are you familiar with the concept of blast processing? Bla uh, blast vaguely. processing. Vaguely. I have the, the elevator pitch. So in in the US, in the 90s, Sega came up with this like jargon, blast processing to, to promote the Genesis over there. Um, oh yes. Yeah, and so yeah. Genesis has blast processing. What is blast processing exactly? No one really knows. Uh but it's marketing jar jargon and so my Mega Drive I I like to think also had blast processing. Maybe it's not <laughs> Genesis, but I don't know. Um so the question I usually ask people is if you could add blast processing to anything in the world what would it be and why? So obviously blast processing makes everything better and more powerful and faster and whatnot. So what would you add blast processing to and why? Okay. So as we all know, Sega does what Nintendo don't, right? That's, ah. that's definitely a thing. Indeed. So, and as such, because this thing needs all the processing it can get, please brass it, please blast process the ever-living hell out of my Nintendo Switch because that thing is <laughs> is on death's door. That poor console. It's it's uh, six years old now. It's almost six years old. It's too old, and as we all know, Sega does what Nintendo don't. exactly. So if you blast process a Switch, it might make it run like beyond PowerPoint presentation speed. <laughs> Okay, okay. I'll accept that. I'll accept that. That's a, a good answer. <laughs> Let's blast process the, the switch. <laughs> yeah, make it usable. I put a D-pad on it. Did Sega had the best D-pads. The first time I ever held a Genesis controller. Oh no, sorry, the um the Saturn controller was, was what it was. Mm -hmm. I immediately went and bought one because it was just like the best layout ever for fighting games, especially. Nice, nice. And so my final question is uh, not really a question, but uh, would you like to to tell us how people can find the consoles, how people can actually so uh, find your Patreon and all of that? Obviously, we'll have links in the show notes and description Great. and whatnot, but uh, if you want to like plug the band a little bit and how people can find you. 
plug away. All right. So the easiest way to find us would be to head to youtube.com slash the consoles band and pretty much any other service that you'd like. You can also find us on find us at the consoles band. We are probably on your favorite streaming service. We are most known on Spotify and Apple music and YouTube music, but we've started expanding our catalog out to Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and a whole bunch of other stores. So a large portion of our content can be found there. Um, If you want to get involved with anything we do, like I've mentioned, Patreon is the best way to do that. If you want to have a say in the types of music, the types of tunes that we play, it's a good way to do it there. You get early access to um, video and audio and basically all the other early perks will go in there. Um, And then, yeah, if if you sort of want to hang out with the band and come hang out with a really great group of individuals, um, we got a Discord, which I don't know the best way to get that, but you know, you find it and come hang out with us and play games with us, and it's a good time. Check out the show notes; it's it's going to be there. So just check Excellent. the link there. Thank over you. There. Okay, Gamera. Anything you'd like to say to people listening to us, not familiar with the band, who are just like itching to listen to more of these awesome, not in reverse covers. <laughs> Um, hey, we've been doing this for nine years. So if you like video game music, chances are we've covered something you like. So yeah, whether it's something we recorded two weeks ago or nine years ago, we hope you you give us a shot and yeah, come come check out the tunes. They're they're good, some I promise. Excellent. And as a personal plug as well, uh listen to Night Train on Radio Sega. There's probably going to be a, a track by the consoles there, like almost every week. So it's it's a a sure fi- a fire way to to find more uh, works by the consoles on the radio on Radio Sega. <laughs> All right, there you go. Excellent. So Gamera, thank you very much for for your time for um, you know talking to me, letting me a little bit into your world. All the best for the consoles, and hopefully we can get together and chat a little bit more in the future. Thanks, KC. It was great to talk to you. So that was my talk with Gamera of the Consoles Band. I hope you enjoyed it, and, like I said at the beginning, if you were not familiar with their work, I hope you are at least curious now, and go check the guys out. All relevant links can be found, as always, in the show notes. And that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining me. Remember to follow the podcast on your podcast app of choice, and consider leaving a review if you enjoyed the episode as it'll help more people find the show. I hope you have a great week, enjoy wonderful music, play awesome games, and stay safe out there. I'll see you all next week. Bye bye The Sega Lounge, hosted by me, KC, and part of Radio Sega's network of live shows and podcasts. Theme song and incidental music by OSC. Find them at opusciencecollective.bandcamp.com. Got any suggestions? Drop me an email to podcast at thesegalounge.com. 
Find us at the Sega Lounge on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find previous episodes of the show by going to thesegalounge.com and wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Mixed on Productions Podcast.